Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoman. I'm Ryan Aber, your host, as always, here with uh, fellow beat writer Joe Masato. Once again, the Sooners Extra Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Cure your cravings. Stop in today or visit zaxby's.com. And, uh, Joe, we had to wait a while for it yesterday. Uh, we're speaking on Thursday, by the way. Um, we had to wait a little bit Wednesday night to finally hear from Jalen Hurts. We were, there were some questions at one point over whether Jalen Hurts was going to come in after a, a sea of other players came in to talk with us and, and no Jalen Hurts, which was really interesting when like Shane Beamer walked into the room and wasn't sure that that was where he was supposed to be because there was uh, Every TV a gaggle of <laughs> TV cameras, uh, video guys holding up their phones and, and us wanting to ask questions. But we did finally get to speak to Jalen Hurts and uh, it was a certainly an interesting conversation and uh, certainly different from what we've heard from Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray over the last few years. Yes, uh, as you wrote in today's Oklahoman, Jalen Hurts is a coffee bean or wants to be a coffee bean, <laughs> uh, but he does not drink coffee. And in sort of a roundabout way, he explained how you might have to help me out a little bit with this uh, with this metaphor or story or whatever, but there's a coffee bean, there's a carrot, and there's an, an egg. egg. Yes. And how are those and, related? And he started <laughs> off talking about, well, I don't want to be a, a carrot or an egg or a carrot. And we're like, where the heck is he going Same with this? Um, but he comes around and says, well, when you put the carrot or you put the egg in boiling water, it hardens up and it sort of doesn't change forms. It's uh, still the same egg that it was except hard. The carrot, you put it in and it becomes soft and mushy. And uh, I, I don't know about you, Joe, but I don't like mushy carrots. I don't either. Uh, they got to have a little bit of crisp bite to them uh, at least. But you put the coffee bean in and it makes everything around it stronger. It sort of seeps into everything. And that was the metaphor he was going for. Although I got an email today uh, saying that Jalen Hurts needed to work on his analogies because it wasn't a good one at all. Um, but uh, apparently he should tell a guy named Damon West that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not his. Damon West, did he speak to the team, I guess, some night this week? or Yeah, it was a couple days ago. Maybe I think Tuesday. it might have been Monday or Tuesday night. Yeah, so Damon West, he's a motivational speaker. And... If some of you don't like the analogy, I mean, the team really seemed to love the analogy. And I think Lincoln Riley, he put something out on Twitter of, you know, they've had tons of guys, tons of speakers come in and talk to the team, and Damon West might have been the best. So um, it'll be interesting to sort of hear kind of the other things they were told, but something seemed to click. And I'm going to say that that is not the last we've heard of the coffee bean this season. Yeah, I can't imagine it will be. And it's it was interesting, you know, once we figured out this connection, sort of going through Damon West's uh, Twitter, at Damon West 7, by the way, if you want to check him out on Twitter. But uh, talking about to Lane Kiffin and uh, about the reactions that OU got. Uh, I think he was at Clemson uh, recently. So he's he's made the college football rounds a little bit, and uh, but apparently it wasn't just OU football. He uh, talked to the OU baseball team as well uh, during this trip in a, a separate uh, presentation. But uh, it's always sometimes interesting some of the the things that uh, people come in and talk to the team about 
during preseason. I know a couple years ago they had a, a veteran who had been through uh, just a, a crazy ordeal that came and, and talked to the team. Of course, Brenda Tracy has talked to the team uh, around this time of the year uh, before, but uh, this year it looks like to be uh, Damon West. And uh, the players certainly uh, seem to, to resonate. That message certainly seemed to resonate with them, especially with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and, and Jalen Hurts, I think, as everyone will come to find out, is a very interesting person. And I don't think it would have at all been surprising had he come up with that analogy himself just because Jalen Hurts <laughs> seems to say stuff like that. Um, you know, we're going to have a, a story on this for Sunday, but basically everyone we talk to describes him as an old soul, is just like w- kind of wise beyond his years and, and mature. So when he, uh, you know, tells a story like this, it's just like, huh? But it kind of makes sense at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And, but he's also, uh, I don't know if standoffish is the right word, but a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Somebody asked him, uh, George Stoy, I think it was from the OU Daily, asked him where that analogy came from. And he said, oh, you just got to surround yourself with the right people or, or something like that. And, you know, didn't give up that it was uh, this this author that, you know, we'd find out a little bit later uh, had, had sp- spoken to the whole team. Yeah, he, his, his answers are very short and sort of a confident way but also I think he's just direct I mean he he doesn't seem to like certain questions and (laughs) and it's very evident the questions that he doesn't like because he'll just sort of move on or you know I think a couple times he was asked about his improvements as a passer and he was like well just wait till September 1st yeah I wonder who asked him that question (laughs) I I I honestly couldn't remember but now I do Uh, (laughs) but he used it a couple times yeah, that that was me that asked the question, but uh, you know, it, you'll have hey, to wait until September. I guess 1st. I'll have to wait for September first to get the answer. But you know that that has been a criticism about him: his arm strength, his his ability to throw. So that's why I asked. You know, how much have you grown? And uh, he did not want to answer that. But uh, we'll certainly have a chance to see for ourselves. We talked earlier in the week in the the uh, first podcast of the week about some of those improvements that we had seen last year during their or glimpses of Jalen Hurts. But uh, from all indications, this is a, a little bit different style of quarterback now than even the one we saw then uh, with Alabama. Yeah, I mean, and it, I, I think it does sort of remain to be seen how different. I mean, as far as I'm interested to see pass run balance I'm interested to see how you know a new offensive line changes the way they might use Jalen Hurts versus how they use him later in the year when maybe that O-line is gelling a little bit more um and you know the quarterback run game it's it's just all kind of interesting you know Kyler was different from Baker Jalen Hurts is probably more different than those two than the previous two were kind of related together yeah and let's also talk about the other equations in this quarterback situation Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler one of the things that Lincoln Riley mentioned well one Tanner Mordecai is the backup Um, we got to hear that but uh, also that Spencer Rattler is running the scout team spending some time with the uh, the main squad on the offense but is also running the scout team Oklahoma has had some really good scout team quarterbacks 
uh, recently with uh, the year Baker Mayfield had to take in residence. Kyla Murray had to uh, take a turn as well during his year, and now uh, Spencer Rattler. So uh, if nothing else, OU's defense, you know, as many, many problems as they've had in recent years, they certainly get tested by the quarterback on the other end uh, during practice. Yeah, quarterback, and I, I would guess there's going to be some pretty talented wide receivers on that scout team, depending on who <laughs> is actually playing. Yeah, I mean, even on if Sundays it's, and then upcoming Saturdays. Yeah, even if it's you know one of those freshmen or uh, you know some of the other uh, guys that have been on the team for a little bit, there's a lot of talent in this wide receiver group and. It's going to be really hard for them to get all of them on the field on uh, Saturdays and Sunday. It's weird to it's still <laughs> weird to say Sunday, but uh, you know you you go down the list and you know with Ceedee Lamb, Michael Jones, A.D. Miller, Trajan Bridges, Theo Weiss, Jaden Hazelwood, Drake Stoops, Charleston Rambo, Jaquelin Crawford, Nick Basquin, Lee Morris. I mean, just that. Yeah, you know, I mean, all those guys could play theoretically. Yeah, and all those guys either have played or, or you know, big time freshmen who we anticipate having a chance to play. So that's before you even get into walk ons and, and anything like that. This is a, a really deep, talented group. And that's, uh, let's see, how many did I mention? 11 of them. Um, of course, Lee Morris listed as a wide receiver. Um, they play him in that tight end spot, although, you know, the tight end spot at OU isn't really a tight end most of the time but uh it's like my biggest pet peeve with the roster of like who's in the tight end room they're called tight ends but they do not actually play like a tight end yeah it's like Grant Calcaterra should probably have the slash because he can do some stuff that a tight end does um he can you know line up in line and block but uh like Austin Stogner is more of a true tight end yeah. uh, type player, although he, he's just sort of a physical freak uh, at his size, 6'6", 237. Um, he's going to be really interesting to watch, and it sounds like he's going to be able to play uh, some. So um, some good problems for, for Oklahoma and some good problems for Jalen Hurts to have to deal with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's a variety of guys to, to throw to, all different skill sets, and you know what? All I can say is I guess we'll see September 1st. <laughs> yes, we will. So uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk uh, Kennedy Brooks and some more uh, OU football after the break. Once again, I'm your host, Ryan Aber, alongside Joe Masato from the Oklahoman, and this is the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zach. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast brought to you by Zaxby's. Cure your cravings, stop in today, or visit zaxby's.com. Once again, I'm Ryan Aber here with Joe Masato. And uh, Joe, a little bit of surprise yesterday in the media room. I mentioned in the first segment that we had uh, waited and waited for Jalen Hurts to uh, poke his head in there. But as we were waiting, Kennedy Brooks walked in, and I I don't think that's something that uh, anybody expected yesterday. You know, given the what had happened in the off season with Kennedy Brooks, but finally got a chance to chat with him a little bit. Yeah, so he started out with 
an opening statement. He said, I just want to say, I don't know if y'all have questions over what happened in the summer. I went through a process. Everybody knows the outcome and I have nothing to add on to it. I just want to get that out first. So of course he was referencing a title nine investigation that took place over the summer as he was investigated by title nine. He was suspended from the team uh, and did not participate in summer workouts, rejoined the team before fall camp um, and then that's when the accusations from an OU student became public on Twitter, and that, that's when this whole thing became public. Title IX investigations are not made public, uh, protected by FERPA, so no one will ever know the findings of the investigation. But Kennedy Brooks is not – there's going to be no further action taken against him, no, no further suspension, but it was interesting to hear him address that. Yeah, no doubt about it, and he – wouldn't answer questions certainly about the, the the process of what he went through, but did say he didn't think he was behind when he came in uh, because of some of the the work that he was able to do even away from the team. My understanding is I think he worked out at at Noble High School uh, during that time when he was away from the team, but uh, he certainly looks uh, physically in great shape. But uh, you know we'll see where he is here like Jalen Hurts said, on September 1st. Yeah, and, you know, it's not a running back room where one guy has to dominate carries. That's just not going to happen. I would guess that Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks would be maybe even close to a 50-50 type split. Um, and That's then, sort of, you know, where I would land yeah. uh, on this thing. I think, you know, I'm every, I think everybody who listens – regularly has heard me you know talk about Trey Sermon and how underrated he is and I think people uh, forget about him sometime but I also um, just was absolutely effusive in my praise of Kennedy Brooks the running back even coming out of high school but you know last year uh, these guys Kennedy Brooks had uh, 119 carries Trey Sermon had 164 Brooks had uh, a little over 100 more yards because he was popping off 8.9 yards a carry, which is just absurd for the amount of carries that he got. But uh, I, I would certainly anticipate that gap to narrow a little bit. But uh, if I had to say who you know RB1 was, it would probably be Trey Sermon. Yeah, and I think Sermon is more suited for like third down and goal line type situations, and Ramondre Stevenson could factor into those situations as well. And then TJ Pledger's sort of a wild card at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if he got his carries, especially early on in the season, to to see if those guys are separating from each other. But I think it's a room where they want to use two, probably three guys. It's a room that had a ton of injuries last year, and the rotation was pretty much upended. That's why Kennedy Brooks broke out in the first place. Yeah, it, it really was. And we've seen you know a few times in recent years, not only last year but other times, where their running back depth just disappears completely as the season goes on. So it certainly helps that they've got two guys that you feel like could be your your number one showcase guys, but you don't have to give them that kind of workload. And then uh, all indications are that uh, Ramondre Stevenson has been very impressive. Uh, TJ Pledger has made some, some big steps forward. And then uh, I'm not sure how much we're going to see him this year, um, but Marcus Major – is another guy who just physically 
uh, is an imposing figure, and uh, it might be tough to keep him off the field just because uh, he looks like a grown man already. Yeah. I, I forgot the exact quote, but Kennedy Brooks uh, had high praise, I think, for both those, both Stevenson and Marcus Major. I'm with you. I mean, it seems like Marcus Major will almost certainly redshirt unless he just busts out in a huge way or unless there are some injuries. But when he's your, what, fifth option back there, I think <laughs> you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, you got to feel uh, pretty good about yourself. So uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, Joe, some some other people that we've heard from this week, got a chance to talk to Bill Biedenboe a little bit uh, about how his offensive line is coming together. And seems like he was pretty content overall uh, with uh, the way things stand with that group. Yeah, I mean, I think he feels – pretty good i mean he talked to he, he brought up their inexperience but he's i feel like he's pretty honest as a coach and and tells it pretty straight and he seems to like this group even though you know they're they're missing four starters from last year's team uh one thing he he had high praise for rj proctor yesterday um asked him about eric swinson there had been some rumors of an injury he said he's fine so i guess he's fine <laughs> i i don't know we we might we, I guess we will Hertz see would September first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so TBA, uh, TBD on on Eric Swenson, but um, at this point, you know, I, I think they feel good about that first group. But the concern is maybe the depth behind them. That's why an injury, if Swenson were to be hurt, would be a big deal. Yeah, and you know, maybe they could they could withstand one injury if it was Swenson. You know, just because of say, R.J. Proctor's uh, versatility, the fact that he can play on the inside or outside, but uh, it would really hurt them to lose anybody else if they lost one guy on that line, and it would really hurt them also if they lost Creed Humphrey just because there's no like obvious backup there. Um, you know, I, I would think that probably E.J. and Doma Ogar would be the backup center, um, at least on paper. Although if something happened to Creed Humphrey, I wonder if like yeah, one of the guards shift. would move over a guy like Tyrese Robinson or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, and they're that's probably something they don't want to contemplate of internally. I I know they have an answer to it, but I, I don't know who it would be. I would guess that I think I'd be a little surprised if they gave it to a true freshman in, in Doma Ogar, but um, maybe so. And but I, I think a I think they might just switch one of those guards over. Yeah, that that would be my guess uh, over what would happen if if something were to happen to Creed Humphrey. Obviously, we hope that uh, you know we never hope for injury, so um, it'll be uh, be something to watch. Joe, earlier in the week, we got to speak to some of the the defensive guys, including Alex Grinch and uh, Brian Odom, who offered some uh, I thought pretty. Uh, frank assessments of uh where that defense is right now yeah he was asked about the defense and and he was like do you want the sugar-coated answer and then <laughs> um then he gave the real answer and the real answer is you know there, there's still work to do and he, he's looking for a lot of improvement and kind of you know the cliches you hear from every staff in the country at this time of year we're not where we want to be stuff like that but it does echo some of the things that Alex Grinch has been saying, like depth-wise especially. Yeah. But even though Brian Odom said those things, it seems like he's pretty comfortable 
with some of the depth that they're building at those inside linebacker spots where they've got two guys that they feel really good about and Deshaun White and uh, Kenneth Murray and starting to build uh, build up some other guys who they feel like can go in there and play when they need them. Yeah, I think Brian Mead's probably one of those guys who could fill in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen Brian Mead uh, quite a bit, but Brian Mead, Levi Draper. Yeah. Uh, Levi Draper and Ryan Jones, it seemed like uh, – Yeah, there's high praise for Ryan Jones. Really uh, really was happy with the, the progress that both those guys had made. So, um, you know, Ryan Jones was a guy who got some playing time last year. Uh, especially you know early to middle of the year, and then sort of fell off, and then got a little bit uh, there at the end. So the, he'll be a guy that I'm really interested in seeing how much he progresses from last year to this year, just because we got a chance to see him a little bit. But in this defense, you know, he's got to change roles a little bit. Yeah, they, they raved about his athleticism. Um, I think he made three starts last year. I mean, played in all but one game maybe. So a guy with experience. And then Levi Draper, who, you know, everyone here locally wants to talk about. He said Brian Odom said that, you know, he just needed the reps. He hadn't had consistent snaps. And then it's hard to really gauge your progress or, or get better. And it seems like in this fall camp, Levi Draper has been in there more than he has in the past, and he's getting those reps that he needed. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's a guy who just uh, physically was incredibly impressive in high school. I think a lot of people got really excited over uh, the, the potential in him. He uh, had a setback right after he arrived on campus that uh, maybe uh, kept him from contributing that first year. Last year he played in all 14 games, primarily on special teams. By the way, Ryan Jones, I believe, played in 11 games uh, a year ago with the 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 handful of starts so yeah I, I think linebacker is a spot that uh you know even though jenny's not here we're going to take up her mantle that really needs to make some big time progress this year if this defense is going to take a big step forward yeah and we've talked about it a ton it's all related like maybe they're able to be freed up a little bit more if the defensive line improves and then if both of those groups work well it helps out the secondary i mean it's last year they kind of did not have any of those three components and that's why i think we saw the results we did yeah so we'll see but it's uh we're just here a little over a week away joe september 1st uh, september 1st <laughs> you'll find out september 1st does that need to be our new tagline <laughs> yeah, we need to say exactly. like uh but what are we going to do after in a great september way 1st. from all three sides of the ball <laughs> and wait till september 1st and yeah, just wait till the next wait till whatever the date of the next game is we'll keep on rolling along but uh we're going to take a break here we're going to come back with uh, some of your mailbag questions and more ou football discussion on the sooners extra podcast uh to reach the show you can drop us a line uh the easiest way is on twitter at r-y-a-b-e-r is my twitter handle joe's is at joe underscore masato m-u-s-s-a-t-t-o two s's two t's one o uh you can reach joe there uh but uh anyway thanks for listening to the sooners extra podcast presented by zaxby's we'll be right back welcome back to the sooners extra podcast presented by zaxby's I'm Ryan Aber here with Joe Masato and uh, Joe. Let's jump to some some mailbag questions. Let's start off with a big one that might take us a little bit. 
Uh, Vegas had some odds come out uh, released on Thursday on uh, Jalen Hurts's passing numbers, total TD passes, total interceptions, total rushing yards, uh, total rushing TDs, and uh, basically the question is our assessment on those. So we're going to go down on each one and sort of give our, our thoughts on the over-under. Let's first start off with uh, Jalen Hurts during his uh, tenure in Alabama. Overall, is thrown for 5,626 yards, uh, 48 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. His best year was as a freshman when he threw for 2,780 yards, 23 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. That year he rushed for 954 yards and 13 touchdowns. So there's the numbers just to give you some context. The first one, over-under total passing yards, Joe, 3,450. What are you taking? It's a big number compared to what he's done in the past, but it's a totally different offense. So for context, 2016, he threw for 2,700. 2017, just over 2,000. Leaping up to 3,450 seems like a mighty tall task, but I'm going to actually go over this number just because of the weapons that he has. I think Oklahoma's still going to pass the ball a lot, and I, I know he's not Kyler Murray, but looking at Kyler's Mur- Kyler Murray's numbers last year, over 4,300 passing yards. Um, so, you know, you're looking at 900 more than what this over-under is, so I'm going to go over on the passing yards. Yeah, I, I'm going to go over to uh, the, the lowest number for a uh, starting quarterback to pass for during Lincoln Riley's time was Baker Mayfield's first season when he threw for 3,700 yards. So uh, I I think with the weapons he's got around him, and that was a, an offense that did have a lot of weapons, but it didn't have the depth of the weapons that this one did. I mean, you look at the receivers on that team and, and Sterling Shepard and D.D. Westbrook, two really good receivers, and then Deron Neal and, and Joe Mixon after that. Mark Andrews was on that team. I believe it was his freshman year. So there was there were some weapons on that team, but this team has much more weapons, and uh, I, I think that Jalen Hurts finds a way to surpass that thirty four hundred and fifty mark. Uh, total TD passes, Joe, thirty three and a half, uh, believe was what the odds were. Yeah. Um, what you got there? I'm going under under the thirty three and a half. Um, a couple things. So again, because. We saw what this offense did last year in historic numbers. Kyler Murray, 42 passing touchdowns. You know, I, I just say the under because I think, you know, they're going to have fewer big plays. Part of that is, you know, I, I don't know if Jalen Hurts quite has the arm Kyler Murray did. Marquise Brown isn't there for that big play ability. And I think in the red zone, they can become more of a run-oriented team. And when they're close to – um you know, the goal line, I think they're going to incorporate some quarterback run game and, and they like their short yardage options uh, in, in that backfield. So I'm going to go just under the 33 and a half. Yeah, and I'm going to be the optimist here and go over uh, just because, again, you look at Baker Mayfield's numbers and Kyler Murray's numbers. Baker Mayfield, 36, 40, and 43 last year. Kyler Murray with 42. I think, once again, this uh, receiver group is a really good group. Wouldn't surprise me if he falls just uh, short of that, but I think it's going to be right around that ballpark. But I'm going to go over and say he has at least 34 touchdown passes. Uh, Joe, interceptions, five and a half. This one's tough to me. I I think it's a good number to put uh, the odds at. Jalen Hurts did not 
I mean, he okay, he threw nine interceptions first season. Uh, second year, one interception, limited playing time, obviously. Last year, threw two interceptions. Again, this is a volume thing for me, and you're going to pass the ball more at Oklahoma than Alabama. Kyler Murray had seven interceptions last year. Yes. I'm going to go over the five and a half. I think six is probably a good number. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over, and it might be a couple over. Um, you know, you mentioned Murray's numbers, Baker Mayfield's numbers, seven, eight, and six. Uh, obviously, he got a whole lot better as his career persisted, but I think just the amount of throws that Jalen Hurts is going to be asked to make and the different kinds of throws, I think some of those are going to find their ways into other guys' arms, and then he's going to finish the over. Still going to be, I think, a great season for him, but uh, I think it winds up being at least six. Total rushing yards, Joe, 1,100. Under. <laughs> That's a huge number. I mean, perhaps he could go over. I think our friend Eric Bailey tweeted out that only Jack Mildren has had more than 1,100 rushing yards in a season at OU. Uh, Kyler Murray barely surpassed the 1,000-yard mark last year. And, I mean, golly, there were some huge plays in there. He averaged seven yards a carry. So um, I, I do think he is going to run the ball a lot. And maybe he can surpass 1,000, but 1,100 yards is quite a big number. Yeah, I think for me that's an easy under. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray was a fantastic runner and was a breakaway runner, so he could get yards in chunks. Yeah, Hurts just isn't as fast. Yeah, and I, I don't see Jalen Hurts being able to do that. So I think if he surpasses 1,000, and I think there's going to be more design quarterback runs in this offense now, but if he surpasses 1,000, they should feel really, really good about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I, I think that's an easy under for, for me. Yeah. Next one is total rushing touchdowns. This one again is an under for me. I think all these I think all these numbers are pretty high, honestly. Um, I, I think we. But I think another thing to remember is yes, Vegas tries to get the numbers pretty close, but part of the Vegas equation is to line up betting pretty close too. And when you've got two fan bases like Oklahoma's and Alabama's invested in a guy, yeah, that can true. sort of inflate. Uh, people's crimson uh, goggles all the way around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so people can, uh, you know, maybe that can inflate those numbers a little bit. Yeah. So I, I'm, I am going to go under the what was it, thirteen? Was thirteen that the number? rushing touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. So Alabama is freshman year. Hey, he had thirteen rushing touchdowns. There it is. Next year, eight. Um, I, I think it's going to be hard to to reach thirteen. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think there's so many good running backs around him. Uh, the ability to pass it, pass the ball, and and that's going to take away opportunities for him to to score. So I I think he's going to score a lot. He's going to be a really effective runner, but I think he's going to be uh, under uh, that mark. But some some interesting numbers, some interesting discussion. Uh, you know, there were some also some numbers on Sam Ellinger there had him over under at twenty eight hundred passing yards. Uh, five and a half uh, total interceptions, 28 and a half total touchdown passes. Um, Tua over under 3,250 passing yards, 36 and a half total touchdown passes, four and a half interceptions. So, uh, certainly some, some, some ones to keep an eye out for. I think I'm taking like unders all around. I think that's the (laughs) safest bet. Okay. But 
there are some other numbers. C.D. Lamb, total receiving yards, 1,000 over under. I'm going I'm going over. I'm going over as well. I mean, at that point, I think you're betting on if he's going to get hurt or not because that, to me, is the, what keeps him from uh, going over 1,000. Heck, he went over 1,000 last year when he had Marquise Brown on the team. I think CeeDee Lamb uh, goes over 1,000 this year. Yeah, and maybe that's – I don't know if that's quite an indictment on Jalen Hurts and what they expect, but they seem to have lofty expectations for Hurts given the odds. Um, but I think the only way that – yeah, I think injury is honestly the only thing that keeps C.D. Lamb from 1,000 yards. And then C.D. Lamb, uh, touchdown catches 10. I'm over uh, that as well. Over under. Last year he had 11. He had seven as a freshman. Uh, when he only caught 46 passes last year, he 11 touchdowns and 65 receptions. So uh, I'm taking the over on that. And like I said, to me, that's just a bet about whether he's healthy or not. Yeah. Under on Hurts, over on Lamb. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll uh, have to revisit those uh, later this year and, and see how those are coming together. But that uh, thanks again for your questions. If you have questions every week, we'll we'll make a, a segment. Uh, to answer your mailbag questions, you can email them to me at R-A-B-E-R at Oklahoman.com or shoot me a message on Twitter at R-Y-A-B-E-R. Thank you so much for listening to the Sooners Extra podcast from the Oklahoman. Please, uh, you know, we want you to follow us uh, on, on Twitter, as we said, and uh, uh, don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store and the Google Podcast app. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to the Sooners Extra Podcast. Once again, this podcast is presented each week by Zaxby's. Cure your craving. Stop in today or visit zaxby's.com. You can check out our work every day at oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere. <laughs>